0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I'm your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 155 of the podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you today. Uh, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening, and however you're listening, it is an absolute joy and pleasure to have you today. Hopefully... I can keep you entertained for a good chunk of an hour or so because we do, we're going to talk football, right? Patriots football, of course, but we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're also going to talk fantasy football, right? I believe I did this last year around this time. And today and next week's episode, episode 156, are really the only true times that we can really dive deep into fantasy football and I know a lot of people out there do fantasy football and I kind of want to make sure that I do my due diligence and touch upon the topic because in its own essence and in its own form fantasy football is kind of a sport itself obviously fantasy football but hey it's it's intense for a lot of people And here at the shop, Merv's Card Town & Sports Shop, we have our own league, a 12-man half PPR league, which the draft will be on the 28th. So very excited. That has filled up and just waiting for people to pay, and then we're going to draft. It's going to be an exciting time. And I kind of want to go over some different ins and outs of some strategies that I'm considering. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you're also in the shop fantasy league, you're going to get a small little insight of where my line of thinking is and where my head's at when it comes to, oh, should I take this player in the first round? Should I take that position in this round? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to spend some time, do a couple mock drafts and just kind of talk about this and that. This would be perfect if it was a video podcast. Actually, you know, what? I could probably even just screen record. Uh, let's see. I could definitely screen record. I didn't even think of this. Um, And you guys will be able to see exactly what I'm talking about. All right, hold on, boom, all right. So right now in front of you, you do see the draft configuration screen and I do like to use Fantasy Pros by Draft Wizards. I think it's very neat, easy and super customizable. Uh, obviously, you can have standard PPR, half, custom, whatever, dra- uh, draft type. But we're just going to keep it half PPR, snake, opponent pick logic is going to be basic. Number of teams is 12. I will randomize my draft position, but I just want to go over what we're going to be looking like for the league roster. Uh, we have one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, one flex, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. Uh, I need to change that to one defense, one kicker, and five bench players. So let's randomize. I'm going to hit the random three times, and we'll see where we're going to be picking. So there's one, two, and three. Ninth. All right. Let's get this draft going. So definitely leave any... Question, comments, concerns, anything related to fantasy football, down in the comment section below as I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Obviously, if this is your first time here on the channel or listening to the podcast, definitely make sure you subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. But reach out to me via social media, at Card Town on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook as well. But thank you guys so much for joining. Hopefully you do enjoy this in-depth fantasy football edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So, looking at the big board right now, let's just take a peek at the draft board. Taylor McCaffrey, Cooper Cup 1-3rd. Interesting. Eckler, Henry, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, and Dalvin Cook. All right, so, I'm a big proponent of going running back first round. I just think there's so much value in picking a first round running back because true workhorses are hard to come by. Like, I could draft Jamar Chase here. In a couple rounds, I can get Tyler Boyd, and it'll be not the same production, but the chances of the same production are equivalent. I'm avoiding quarterback. Wide receivers, though, I do want to take a quick peek. I don't believe in drafting a tight end this early, even though 87% of experts agree. But let's just look at the big board here. We got Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, and Stephon Diggs is kind of my suggested players let's uh add a few more names in there just to give us you know everything we need so i'm kind of going back on what i said i do think i may take jamar chase here just because i have the fourth pick in the next round so i'm one two three four five six seven picks away if i go chase here yeah, I could get a DeVonte Adams, even a Diggs or a Lamb on the on that uh swing. But I also like my odds and my chances of getting any of these guys, DeAndre Swift, Kamara, Barkley, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, throw another one. Probably not Leonard Fournette, but you know, I don't mind grabbing any of those guys right there. So if I do go chase here at number uh where am I? First uh, first round, ninth overall, then I have to go running back, and that's what I'm going to do. But I think Jamar Chase at number nine is too good to pass up on. You know, a lot of mock drafts, he is going second overall, top five. All right, here we are. Uh, let's just check the running backs. So, yeah, there's Nick Chubb still there, Fournette, Williams, James Conner. But, yeah, a ton of running backs went. Swift, Mixon, Barkley, Kamara, Jones, all went just want to peak the uh, wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Lamb, Debo, Mike Evans. So I'm not going to have a pick for a very, very long time, and it's going to thin out at running back very, very quickly. The only good thing is that most teams already pick their running backs. So unless they're going to go back-to-back running backs, some of these wide res- uh, some of these running backs, like a Cam Akers, a Brees Hall, maybe even a James Conner should still be on the board come the third round but I'm not going to take my chances here I will draft Nick Chubb Uh, before I do so though I just want to mention that I think the whole Kareem Hunt may be kind of up in the air they may not play him as much because he wants out I think Nick Chubb is going to be a workhorse especially with Deshaun Watson now out for 11 games so I'm going to pick Nick Chubb here All right, Zeke, James Connor, all gone. Brees Hall is still available. Let's just check. All has any um. See, there's T. Higgins right there, so I can kind of. I could kind of wombo combo both of uh, Chase and T. Higgins. Interesting quarterback. I'm not a fan of quarterbacks early because I can get like a Jalen Hurts in the fifth, sixth round. I, I'd rather do something like that and just focus on the other skill positions. Tight ends, there's still a few good ones left. Pitts, Kittle, Waller. Don't sleep on Dalton Schultz this year. I'm telling you, don't sleep on him. But I still want to kind of focus on running back because it's going to fizzle out quickly. Like, A.J. Dillon's a nice one, but after that, it's going to fizzle out fast. Like, ah, Brees Hall looks like a good pick, and all signs are pointing for him to be an excellent player this year. I just... I don't know. I don't, Rookie running backs are super, super tough. Like Najee Harris, we all knew he was going to be a beast, a three-down beast. Brees Hall, there's Elijah Mitchell in the backfield still. Question marks just being on the Jets or the Jets in general. David Montgomery isn't a bad one. I had him in fantasy a couple years ago. He was pretty good. Oh, man, this is tough. But I definitely do want to go running back here because whether I get a Brees Hall, Montgomery, Etienne, Gibson – I'm getting a really good running back either way. With wide receiver, I just feel like there's is way more depth here. Way more depth. I'm just trying to suggest multiple players just to show you the type of depth that there is. Higgins, Moore, Johnson, Sutton, Waddle, McLaurin. Like, these are all wide receiver ones for their teams. And once we get to a certain point in the draft, like the fourth round, a lot of RB1s are kind of gone. So, that being said... I do believe Brees Hall will be the running back one. Oh, oh man, oh, man, oh, man. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, David Montgomery of the Bears is is a neat pick because Field is going to have a tough time passing the ball, but that offensive line is garbage, and no running back is going to excel behind a garbage offensive line. I do like ETN here as well just because Trevor Lawrence is the, the quarterback. That offense looks like it has a little pep in its step this year. I don't know why. I keep convincing myself that Brees Hall is going to have a breakout kind of a season for the Jets. I'm going to go Brees Hall. But guys, listen. Montgomery, ETN, they're all good selections here. They're all good selections here. A.J. Dillon, if he's still there in a round or two... I would happily take him. But I'm going to go Brees Hall for now. Let's see. Higgins, Waddle, ETN, Moore. Who else went? Um, draft Board. Who else went? Oh, oh, DJ Moore. Okay, ETN, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Kyle Pitts. So George Kittle and... Uh, da- George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, all still there hockey socks is still there i think come the fifth round is when i'd like to grab my tight end and i'm hoping one of these guys will still be available come then so pretty much every team by the team that just drafted before me needs a tight end i don't know i i i don't know i can definitely still see one of these guys being there in the fifth round if so i definitely would like to jump on that because i mean hawkinson is kind of a stretch i don't really want to lump him in with the the other tight ends, but he's kind of like a fringe tight end one. All right, let's see. Let's look at wide receivers here. McLaurin, Sutton, big fan of both of those guys this year. I think Sutton's going to have a massive season with uh, Russell Wilson, plus Tim Patrick towards ACL, so there's going to be more targets going to him. Terry McLaurin's going to be an interesting one just because of his quarterback situation, plus the re- uh, the football team. Oh, no, the Commanders now. Holy smokes. Are a questionable team themselves. Oh man. Oh man. Um. Hmm. Let's see. Let me just check running back real quick. Yeah, David Montgomery, AJ Dillon's still there. Quarterbacks. I'm not even thinking of quarterbacks just yet. Like I know Aaron Rodgers kind of sits around the eighth, ninth round. So I'd rather just get him around there. From being honest, and I that's a huge game. Look all these. Look at all these guys right here. Rodgers, Stafford, Lance, Prescott, Wilson, Brady, Burrow, Hurts, Murray, Jackson, Mahomes, Herbert, all good picks still here in the fourth round that I do foresee being in the seventh, sixth, seventh round area. I do want to go wide receiver. I do want to go running back. You know, I think with my question mark at running back with Brees Hall, I think going with David Montgomery, who's going to be a workhorse, who will be a three-down guy, may be ideal here. But I just love the upside of Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson. I really, really do. Oh, gosh, I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. Because. 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 Russell Wilson is favored to be the NFL MVP this year in a lot of different sports books. And if he is MVP, Cortland Sutton's going to be a huge reason why. So I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. I will. Montgomery, Mahomes, Williams. Oh, a lot of guys are going. We'll take a look at it when it wraps around. Oh, so far. Oh, I had to wait so long. All right, let's check the draft board, guys. So we took Sutton here, fourth round, fourth overall. Montgomery went. Mahomes went. Mike Williams. Well, not on. I don't know why. Gibson's gone. Kittle's gone. Mitchell's gone. Um, uh, Terry McLaurin, I couldn't say his name. Josh Jacobs gone. Cooper's gone. Herbert's gone. Waller is gone. DK, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Damian Harrison, fifth round. Interesting. Michael Thomas, Jerry Judy. All gone. See you later. Alright, guys. Let's see. Let's check the big board here. Lamar Jackson. If he's there in the sixth round, like I would I don't know. I think I'd be shocked to not take him myself. But here's tight end. Like I said, Dalton Schultz, don't sleep on him. And I don't think I want to here. And the reason why I'm high on Dalton Schultz is because he was tight end four last year with eight touchdowns. He had 800 yards. Plus, there's no Cooper this year. There's no Cedric Wilson in Dallas. So besides CeeDee Lamb, who's he going to throw the ball to? I think Dalton Schultz is that guy. So I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz here. Allen Robinson, Lamar Jackson, of course, went. Cooks, Kyler, uh, Kareem Hunt. Interesting. A.J. Dillon gone. Ah, oh, one pick away. I could have had A.J. Dillon, one pick away. Now I do like J.K. Dobbins here at this spot, but I paused because his bye week is ten. Brees Hall's already bye week ten. Jamar Chase. I don't care if it's you know. One of each, I can kind of make it work during that week. I do try to stay away from multiple positions having multiple bye weeks. I can already see that bye week uh, week nine is gonna suck for me. Nick Chubb is nine. Cortland Sutton is nine. Dalton Schultz is nine. Uh, let me just check quarterback. Ooh, Jalen Hurts kind of nice. Russell Wilson. People sleeping on. What I'm really looking for is like a Trey Lance, Dak. Or an Aaron Rodgers in the eighth, and ninth round area. That's what I'm really, really trying to hunt for. I do want to get another running back. I do want to get another wide receiver as well. I think I have to go running back because it's only thinning out from here, guys. It is only getting thinner. Ah, oh, Rashad Penny could have a big season. Miles Sanders could have a big season. I mean, Miles Sanders put up okay numbers without a touchdown. Uh, he finished forty first, but he was injured a lot. Uh, Seven hundred fifty four yards, one hundred fifty eight receiving yards. Uh, I don't know. Rashad Penny. I feel like it could be easily taken out by. Uh, what's his name? Kenneth Walker, but I feel like they're going to be a run heavy team this year. Ugh, so tough. So t- I mean, I guess I could probably handcuff. Penny and Kenneth Walker later in the draft. I'm going to draft Rashad Penny solely because the upside in the bye week works a little bit better. I would go J.K. Dobbins, but he's still fairly, uh, not fairly, but he's still kind of injured. All right. Dawson Knox just went. Hawkins Sox just went. Who's the quarterback? Oh, Jalen Hurts just went. All right, so Trey Lance and Prescott have both creeped up here in the seventh round. I will all work. Okay, so I just took Penny, and then I went all the way down. Okay, so I do have a short wrap here. I do. I do have a short wrap here. I'm um, just trying to see, is there any trends? It looks like wide receivers was a small trend for a bit. Let's take a peek at wide receivers. Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Renfro, Lockett's going to be an interesting one. Alan Lazard, a lot of people are big on this year. I like Alan Lazard because he's the only guy right now besides Aaron Jones. It's going to be interesting. It really, really will be interesting. Oh, man. I just... Hmm. I mean, for by week 14, he'll be my third wide receiver. I think the upside is beyond the roof. Plus, I do feel confident that I can get some wide receiver depth later in the draft. Uh, I'm just going to try to get as much. Like a Chris Chris Olave, Sky Moore, I would like to get around the 10th round if I can. Sky Moore specifically, Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. I'd like to get him around, one of those two guys, around the 10th round. So what I'm thinking short term here, Alan Lazard here in the 7th quarterback in the eighth, running back or wide receiver in the ninth round, and then the other in the tenth round. That's kind of what I'm thinking here. Cause I do think one of these let's let's just check. Let's just check. So so the only guy that needs a quarterback is Maddie Eisen easy. Otherwise Ayuk of the Storm and Har Har-Balkley- I can't even say that. Now, both have quarterbacks. So, I should be able to get one of these four guys right here. Just looking ahead. Just looking ahead. And then, if I was to wait even more, if I don't pick one in the 8th round, let's see, one, two, only three teams need a quarterback. I think if Matty Ice Easy, the guy after me and before me, picks a quarterback, I think I'll take one. If, not out pass and wait to the ninth round. But here I will who did I say I was gonna take oh I do like Ramondre Stevenson. Oh man, these decisions are getting so tough. They're getting super tough. I'm gonna to go Alan Lazard here. But I kind of want to go okay this changes things. He did draft a quarterback and he drafted Tom Brady interesting okay so this is my line this is my new line of thinking here now that because I like Tony Pollard and I like Ramondre Stevenson I do I think they're going to be exceptional running backs this year because the back in front of them I think is going to kind of slip a little bit Pollard and Zeke a lot of Cowboy fans don't want Zeke Zeke has underperformed Tony Pollard obviously in the return game Plus what he can give you in the both passing and running game. He's very good. He's just overshadowed by Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people think Damian Harris could be traded here in New England, kind of resulting in Ramondre Stevenson kind of stepping into that role. That's why I kind of do like him here, because I can potentially get a starting running back in the what are we in the eighth round? Plus it's a local guy. I mean, he's gonna go on my bench. I already got my two starting running backs, my flex figured out you go on the bench you can kind of sub in sub out I hope and I don't think the Patriots will trade Damian Harris but let's say he gets an injury or something I think Stevenson will step in and it's going to be Stevenson's job to lose because Damian Harris will be coming up to an end on his rookie contract soon otherwise no one's really screaming at me I'm not a fan of Tyler Lockett I'm not even a fan of TK Metcalf just because of the quarterback situation in uh, Seattle Hunter Renfro is the third guy there. I mean, he's he's great. Don't get me wrong. He finished third wide receiver 13 last year. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Could he have a kind of season where Devontae Adams underperforms because he's getting all the attention and a guy like Hunter Renfro can kind of slide in there and just really ball out? Yeah, absolutely that could happen. Would I be surprised? Absolutely not. Uh, quarterback, Wilson, Prescott, Lance, Stafford, Rodgers. These guys will be sitting there. Derek Carr even would be a good one. I think one of those guys will be sitting there, so I'm going to kind of pause on the quarterback until next round. Come the next round, I will take a quarterback for sure. But I think I know by week 9 and 10 are going to be dreadful for me. Stevenson is by week 10. I'm leaning Stevenson a little bit, even though I – Maybe shouldn't. He finished 42. What did uh, Pollard finish at? He must have been higher, right? 28th. Hunter Renfro. I mean, ugh, I don't know. It's tough. Now I'm convincing myself to go Hunter Renfro here because he finished so good last year. finished over 100 with 103 receptions, 128 targets, 1,038 uh, receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Is that. Can he duplicate that? even with the healthy Darren Waller, with De- uh, Devontae Adams. I, I don't know. I, d- I just do not know if he's going to be able to duplicate that. He is the best wide receiver right now, according to you know the mock draft simulator. But see, when you get to this point in the draft, you, you-, you have to be really analytical, because it's easy to take the best guys at the top of the draft. It, it is easy. It's... When you're looking at the draft board, it's easy to take a Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, a Derrick Henry if he's sitting there. I mean, any of these picks, I mean, if you're sitting here at five, if Eckler's still there, Jefferson, Najee, Cook, Chase, I mean, you can't really go wrong with any of those guys. Here in the eighth round, when you're trying to build depth and potential role players, you can easily, easily go wrong. Hmm. Oh, man, I'm, I'm convincing myself more and more of Hunter Renfro. convincing myself more and more. I like Ramondre Stevenson's upside more being a potential starting running back. So I'm going to go Stevenson. I don't know how I feel about it, but I did it. I did it. Give me a quarter. Defense already went. Jeez, Kenneth Walker just got drafted. Okay. So we still have those quarterbacks still on the board. Wilson, Lance, I can't go with any of those guys because of the bye week. Someone dropped Aaron Rodgers? Dak and Aaron Rodgers both got drafted. Interesting. Oh, man. It's just getting thin and thin and thin. The further you go down. I mean, if Russell Wilson is being projected to be the MVP, I would be foolish to not take a potential MVP. Right? I would be foolish. But just by week nine, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to have my quarterback if I take Wilson, my running back, my wide receiver, my tight, at least they're all different positions, which makes me sleep a little at night. But I think my, I think my rating here is going to be like at least, I don't think it's going to be A because of all the bye weeks. Um. Oh, is, uh, is Sky Moore still, oh, he is still available. Oh, I hope he can be available on the wrap draft board. Everyone has a, a quarterback. Everybody in front of me has a quarterback. I think I have to go Olave here, and then Russell Wilson after. But could Russell Wilson be gone on the wraparound just because these goons are taking backup quarterbacks? I guess. But it'd be pointless to have you know two stud quarterbacks when you can fill out your depth. All right, I'm going to go Sky more. I'm glad I went Ramondre Stevenson, so I can go with this Sky Moore here. By week eight, thank God. Uh, I just think his upside is beyond the roof with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. I mean, Tyreek Hill's gone. Yeah, I mean, um, Byron Pringle's gone. Is Michael Harden still there? Nicole Mikko... Oh, I spelled it completely wrong. I think he's still there. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's still with the Chiefs. Okay, so let's look at this dra- the draft board since I took Sky Moore. Kadarius Toney, wide receiver. Julio Jones, wide receiver. Chris Olave, wide receiver. George Pickens, wide receiver. Kenneth Gainwell, running back. Russell Gage, wide receiver. What a huge pick there, guys. Look at the draft board before and after your selection so you can kind of manipulate who you want to take when. I was going to take a quarterback in the seventh round. I took a wide receiver, running back, and wide receiver. And no quarterback that I really wanted, besides Prescott and Rodgers, has gone. And I paid off dividends because Bolton, I mean, look at the slew of wide receivers right here that was just taken.
1: Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced
0: Woods, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Tony, Julio, Olave, George Pickens, and Russell Gage. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wide receivers in nine picks. If I took my quarterback there and Russell Wilson, I was going to miss out on obviously Sky Moore. And yeah, I could have got myself a Russell Gage here, but do I really want the Buccaneers' fourth wide receiver? Granted, Chris Godwin is still a little dinged up, but still, I'd rather have. Sky Moore, who has the potential to be the Chiefs number one wide receiver. I just think that was an absolute killer of maneuvers here. Allow me to draft Russell Wilson or Trey Lance, whichever, whoever suits your fancy. I'm just gonna go Russell Wilson. I, he's a really good fantasy quarterback when healthy. I love, love, love. Guys, before me took Christian Watson, huge on Christian Watson. I think he has a lot of upside himself being potentially the number one wide receiver if Alan Lazard doesn't work out. Obviously, here for this drill, I'm hoping that that's not the case. Uh, let's see, running backs, no one. Wide receivers, Jahan Dotson, maybe tight ends. Goddard's still there, really. Interesting, some tight ends really uh have fell, huh? Uh, when was the last one taken? TJ Hawkinson was the last tight end taken. Wow, we haven't had time. One, two, three, four rounds. And still, one, two, three, four teams need one. Wow. I mean, there's no duplicate uh, tight end positions in your starting lineup. So I guess if you get one, you're good. If you don't get one of those top guys, like I was saying, just pass. All right, let's see. What's. uh, I think the value for Dallas Gardner there is so good. Zach Ertz even. But I can't get ahead of myself. Naheem Hines kind of being in the handcuff to Jonathan Taylor. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Um I just I don't know. Khalil Herbert would be a good little uh, handcuff if I had David Montgomery who could who could take over. Well it's uh Raheem Mostert, I guess. Hmm. Tough. This is really tough. What are we looking at Khalil Herbert with? Sure, enter camp with a leg up on the competition to be David Montgomery's backup. Uh yeah, he did good. Oh man, this is tough. This is tough. DJ Chark to be the guy in Detroit. Yeah, he didn't play at all last year or barely any. Is likely a better NFL sign in addition to your fantasy squad. Oh, man. If the Lions sustain injuries, Jeff Chark has shown the ability to lead a passing attack, but outside of that scenario, he's best viewed as a matchup flex play. Oh, man. See, this is it gets thin and tough down here. It does. I'm going to go with Coleo Herbert. By week's 14. Naheem Hines is by week's 14, too. I kind of like Naheem Hines. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's definitely going to get receptions for sure. He's going to get... But Taylor is such a a horse. I mean, they could look to Naheem Hines so they don't kill Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan, passing guy, I'm convincing myself more and more. But Khalil Herbert would have been a good one as well. Khalil Herbert would have been. Oh, Albert O went. Okay. Albert O went in front of everybody. And Zach Ertz just keeps looking good and good and good. Uh, what about defense? Um I don't I'm not a big fan of taking defenses and kickers early. I'd rather still feel that depth if I'm being honest. It's just I think the depth is so importantly crucial. Um I'm in a keeper league but it doesn't make sense for me to bring Trey Lance aboard when Russell Wilson is also a bye week 9 so it's like ugh and i guess i could have three quarterbacks on my team which is a little foolish Trevor Lawrence still on the board i was going to say fields is still there Trevor Lawrence is still on the board people are low on him interesting i think Trey Lance is stupid good it is going to be stupid good Oh man, okay. If Trevor Lawrence is still there come next round, I'll take him because I I can't go trade lines because of the bye week. I have to avoid the bye week. Um, I do want to get another wide receiver though. Yeah, hey, there's Michael Hardman. Um, this is oh, this is so tough. There's like nobody. Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, draft him and stash him. I'm gonna go Jamison Williams. You throw him on I.R. if you're in a keeper league. Throw him on IR, let him sit there, let him rehab, and then get him back for the following season as your keeper. Moment of truth, Trevor Lawrence is there, and he will be... Uh, should I go defense first? I'll get the short route. I'm going to go defense first, and then Trevor Lawrence, just, just to get the better defense. Yep, see, still able to get my quarterback, and a bunch of defenses just went. So I will go Trevor Lawrence here to be my keeper, or a potential keeper, And backup quarterback. And then they were are just going to be drafting a bunch of kickers here. Let's see. Let's see who's available. Matt Prater. Nick Folk. I'm a big fan of Nick Folk. Uh, He's just super consistent. I'm going to go Nick Folk here. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with that. Where did Prater finish last year? Finished eighth. Nick Folk finished first. Look at that. I will take that. All right, guys, let's see what we're doing. Yeah, see, I knew I was going to get a lower grade. I knew I was going to get a lower grade because of all the bye weeks that I had. I had a ton of week nine bye weeks. And I think that's ultimately what kind of hurt me here was Russell Wilson, Nick Chubb, uh, Cortland Sutton, Dalton Schultz, uh, I believe Stevenson, they all have uh, week nine bye weeks. And I think that's really what hurt me. They don't. Uh, the fancy, fancy pros don't understand the fact that I'm taking Jameson Williams where I took him to stash him on IR, go pick up somebody in free agency. And I don't even think... Oh, yeah, Trey Lance did go. He went in the 13th round. But, I mean, there are question marks here. And this is just a mock draft. It's for fun. And we may do something like this next week, and I didn't expect it to take a half hour, to be honest. But something like this... Isn't that bad? You're handcuffing Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, who, again, Russell Wilson, potentially be the MVP of the league. A lot of sport books have him favored. He's going to want to throw to Cortland Sutton. So I think that's why Russell Wilson is a good pickup. Alan Lazard, who else is Rogers going to throw to? He has to throw to somebody. I think Alan Lazard is my wide receiver three with wide receiver two. Fringe one potential is the way to go. Jamar Chase, where I got him, I think... Was a no-brainer. Question marks with Nick Chubb and Brees Hall. I will admit it. Not in love with Nick Chubb or Brees Hall. But I do see the upside. I do see the value there. And they could pan out to be running back ones, respectively. Dalton Schultz in the... I forget what round. It's kind of blocking where I got him. But I believe it was like the seventh round, I believe it was. I think that's excellent value there for a potential tight end one. Again, CeeDee Lamb. And who else in the passing attack. Yeah, you got Zeke. Yeah, you got Pollard. But Dalton Schultz did well last year. Flex and Rashad Penny, probably my most regrettable pick. I Listen, the quarterback situation in Seattle is not the prettiest. That's why Rashad Penny is appealing. But again, I think those rails could get you know thrown off very fast with like a Kenneth Walker, or if the team just ultimately really sucks. I like the upside there. I'm only drafting a Rashad Penny or a Kenneth Walker. I'm not drafting DK or Tyler Lockett. Nobody like that. Uh, Buccaneers defense, Nick Folk, love those two. Uh, Stevenson, backup running back right now. Potentially be the starting running back for the Patriots. Doesn't seem like it will be for the foreseeable future, at least. But could be down the road. I mean, Stevenson, when... He did step in to start with Harris out. Played very well. Skymore, Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. All the upside in the world to be a wide receiver one because there truly really isn't a wide receiver one. Yeah, you got Travis Kelsey, but he's a tight end. You got Juju. You got Mecole. You got Sky Moore. I like Sky Moore. Big picture for the Kansas City Chiefs. Naheem Hines, I was like, eh, on. But good offense. Backing up the best running back, best fantasy player in the league. Anything was to happen, Naheem Hines will step in to be that guy. And then Jameson Williams and Trevor Lawrence to be my potential keepers for next year. Again, any player drafted in the 10th round or later, at least in the shot fantasy league, will be eligible for keepers. But we'll just have to wait and see. Long fantasy season ahead of us, but that is just going to be an initial mock draft here for myself from the number nine spot. All right, let me get some water, adjust myself, get some water. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. And if you did, I definitely want to do it again next week. Like I said, I did not expect it to take, you know, 35 plus or so minutes. But, hey, when you're talking sports, talking football, talking fantasy, we're having fun. It could have took an hour and I was still going to have fun. But, all right, let me get chapstick on. My lips are quite chapped. And let's talk about the New England Patriots, which you guys are probably really excited for. All right, from NBCSports.com slash Boston slash Patriots, da 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 This article is from 19 hours ago, written by Tom E. Kern and Phil Perry, who are both really glued to anything Patriots-related news. And I really want to go over this article because, again, it is like dual collab written by both of them. It's talking about training camp. It's talking about surprises. It's talking about improvements, like most surprising player, you know, most improved player, um, best newcomer, biggest disappointment, etc., etc. So I really want to dive into this article, and I'm very excited to see what they have to say. I skimmed it a little bit. I'll admit it, guys. I skimmed it a little bit, but I just want to make sure the information was good for us to talk about. So let's get into it. Patriots training camp 2022 is over. For more than three weeks, the team was on semi-lockdown, eating, breathing, sleeping, practicing, and playing football. Now, a regular season rhythm takes over. No more open practices, no more sleeping in a hotel. While there are still joint practices in Las Vegas next week, the transition is underway. It's been interesting, no doubt about that, And while the storylines have focused mainly on questions and concerns, offensive transition, play calling, post-McDaniels transition, there are plenty of places where the arrow seems to be pointing up. So here's your quick and dirty list of camp superlatives to shine a light on what we saw over the past 21 days and 13 practices. Biggest surprise, current, Taequann Thornton, There were a lot of directions to go with this, but I have to go with the wispy rookie because I didn't think he'd be ready to make a mark. I'm sure that's related to my Aaron Dobson, Nikhil Harry, Josh Boyce, Brandon Tate, Taylor Price PDSD. Oh, God, remember those days, guys? Just whiff after whiff after whiff on wide receivers. But the upshot is Thorne's been terrific, not just a straight line blur. He's outstanding at changing speeds and setting up sudden breaks, which a lot of fast guys struggle with. He's shown physicality and toughness despite being the shape uh, like a Q-tip. He's got excellent body control, he's mature, I'm excited to watch him. Phil Perry, Marcus Jones. Believe me, I've been a fan of Jones' skills since before the draft, but even I didn't foresee him becoming their immediate starter in the slot. But That's what it looks like he'll be doing for the Patriots this season and returning punts. No signs yet that he'll be worked in offensively, but he already looks like one of the most capable corners. So capable, in fact, that Bill Belichick appears willing to play his longtime uh, star corner. That's what the Patriots call it in their system. Jonathan Jones on the boundary rather than inside. Because Jonathan Jones has been the slot corner for the Patriots for a few years now. He got an extension a couple years ago. He got injured last year. It was a a train wreck. Um, But yeah, Belichick rather have him play outside than inside because Marcus Jones is playing so well in the slot. Most Improved Tommy Curran Marcus Jones This sticky little water bug third round pick seems like he's wedging his way into the regular rotation and maybe even into the starting lineup. After June minicamp, we knew fellow rookie corner Jack Jones was highly regarded out of the shoots by the amount of reps he was given and his performance. And he's still been very solid, but Marcus has really emerged in camp with his position, versatility, and reliability. He's going to get cooked a few times when the season starts. It's inevitable. But buy Marcus Jones' stock. There's so many Joneses on this team. There's Mac Jones. There's Marcus Jones. There's uh, Jonathan Jones. And um, Jack Jones. uh, Jack Jones. All right. Nelson Aguilar. uh, Phil Perry. Nelson Aguilar. It never clicked last year for the veteran wideout. Aguilar finished with just 37 catches despite being the most highly paid receiver on the team. He looked due for a pay reduction, a trade, or even a release. He made too much money. He didn't project as an important part of the offense, and the receiver room in Foxborough was deep. But Aguilar has been very consistent through camp, and despite a bad drop that led to a pick during the in-stadium practice earlier this month, he's flashed excellent contested catchability. He was the best receiver on the field for either team. During the second joint practice with the Panthers, and he's consistently been one of the team's top three wideouts in the huddle with Mac Jones. He seems to have improved by leaps and bounds. Anthony Jennings deserves a mention here, too. He's been very effective in the reps, and he's been given after missing all of last season. All right, Invisible Man. Tom Curran, Isaiah Wynn. The 2018 first-rounder got flipped from left tackle to right tackle in the spring, thanks in part, no doubt, to his unsteady 2021. He didn't exactly register joy when speaking to reporters about it then. The same ambivalent tone carried into camp, and now he's been out of the lineup with an undisclosed injury for more than a week. It's hard to know what you're going to get from Wynn, if anything, and he's making a guaranteed $10 million this year. Phil Perry, Pierre Strong. He began camp as a limited participant, but even as he's progressed physically and played more, he hasn't stood out. No surprise there as the sub-back role he uh, he plays can be very difficult one to grasp. James White famously sat out almost the entirety of his rookie year in 2014. Tom's choice win is the perfect one here since he's once again dealing with an injury that hampering his ability to make an impact. Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi would fit here as well. Even with a tight end heavy offensive attack, it's unclear. There's an NFL caliber tight end on the roster after John O. Smith and Hunter Henry. Best newcomer. Curran. Mac Wilson. The Patriots wanted to become faster and more explosive uh, defensively. The linebacker level was a smart place to start, and Wilson has shown his speed and playmaking ability in both practices and the first preseason game. Phil Perry. Devontae Parker. It's an easy one for me. I think he should be in the running for camp MVP. More on that soon. But he's done. Uh, what he's done as a jump ball vacuum has been extremely impressive. And his quarterback trust him during the first joint practice with the Panthers. Mac Jones uh, motioned Jacoby Myers away from Parker's side of the formation, giving Jones a clear look at a one-on-one matchup on the outside. He didn't hesitate to loft one Parker's way, and as Parker has done so often this summer. He timed his jump perfectly and came down with the football. If he can stay healthy, which he has to this point, watch out. Biggest Disappointment Curran Kendrick Bourne Arguably the best player in the Patriots passing game last season, Bourne was a house of fire in the first couple of practices, but his output tampered when the pads came on. There are a lot of players to spread the ball to, so many, uh, so some of it may have been related to that but Tuesday's practice where Bourne got bounced from 11-on-11 early for not being ready to go and then got bounced from practice for throwing a punch during one of the scrums just wasn't what you're looking for from a player who should be a staple on the offense. Perry. Malcolm Butler. Bourne is the obvious choice here, but just to offer up another option, Butler fits. When signed, folks inside the building presumed he'd be one of the team's best options to start opposite Jalen Mills. He never quite got there, taking reps with the backup and across the field from fourth-round rookie Jack Jones for the majority of camp. Now he's hurt and it's unclear what the future holds for his career. For anyone who's enjoyed watching Butler over the years and tracking his road from undrafted afterthought to Super Bowl hero and number 1 corner, it's disappointing to see his season end the way it has. Biggest story. Curran, the new offense, Can you score more points than the other team? That's the object of the game. So the Patriots pivoting from a scheme that created legends and will be celebrated for decades is big news. And even as they downplay the changes being made, when the quarterback speaks at length for the first two weeks of camp uh, about the challenge of the quote new offense, you know it's a big deal. Related? That the Patriots have two coaches who've never been offensive coordinators or play callers at the forefront of installing and calling this thing. Perry. The biggest story for me is the big picture story that helps fuel all the others hovering over this team at the moment. How has Mac Jones progressed in his second season? I'm reminded of the rule of the three Ps that our friends Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks of NFL Media love to discuss. They are playmakers, play caller, and protection. That's what every young quarterback needs to find success that they would argue. Jones appears to have the first even his supporting cast won't be ranked by anyone as an elite unit, they have talent. It's the other two that are in question, so much that it's difficult to tell how much Jones has come along in year two. He's progressed as a leader, he's progressed in his ability to use his voice, but as far as his on-field, on-the-field play goes, we still aren't sure who will be calling plays come September, and those duties have been split up during practices. And Jones' protection has been a consistent issue. Until he gets more consistency from those two P's, it will be hard to discuss how far his game has come along since 2021. And there's just a bunch of other stuff, too. There's, you know, uh, I know that was already a lot, right? There's Best Story, Quote of the Camp, Best Play, Steady Eddie, uh, Under the Radar, uh, Coach coach Camp, uh, Camp MVP. I do want to talk about that one, though. That'll be the last one, guys, I promise. Camp MVP, Curran. Trent Brown. With the offensive line giving seesaw performances far too often, at least the team knows that they have a massive left tackle, who's actually slimmer than past years, is going to do his job on the blind side. Plus, he's been out there virtually every practice and every rep. That's got to be huge comfort for everyone involved. Perry. Jalen Mills. The defense has clearly been ahead of the offense through camp, and Mills has been the team's most consistently disruptive defensive player. He has been beaten, yup, but not too much. And even when that's happened, it's generally taken an acrobatic grab by Parker. Plus, when Mills has a chance to get his hands on the football, he's done it. In Tuesday's practice, he broken up three throws, including one at the goal line and at the Panthers' two-minute drill. He's been in the right place at the right time, and he's been aggressively attacking footballs when he has the chance. Unexpected as it may be, He's your camp MVP. So that's a big chunk of a reflection from Phil Perry and Tommy Curran from Patriots training camp. Three weeks gone, three weeks of work put in, and we have all that that we just discussed. And obviously we have Patriots preseason game number two to look forward to tonight. And I wish it was last night so we could kind of talk about it and reflect it more. however, however, We will just be able to break it down come next week and such, and I'm very, very excited for that. But my excitement does need to have pause. I do need to have pause with my excitement because there are a ton of questions still revolving around this team. Most of them were discussed here, whether it was from uh, Invisible Man or Biggest Disappointment, Biggest Story, is the offense. I do believe the defense we will be able to figure itself out. They looked fairly decent in in preseason game number one against the Giants. We'll obviously get a better taste of what it actually looks like in preseason game number two. But the offense, we're finally going to see Mac Jones and the, the Ones go this week. And it'll be interesting to see. What is it going to look like? What is it going to feel like? Will players be able to make certain plays? Will the offense be able to do what it wants? Yeah, the Carolina Panthers don't have the best defense. But it's certainly not the worst defense. And they got some good playmakers on that side of the ball. Brian Burns, Josh Allen. So it will be very interesting. Oh, wait, no. Josh Allen plays for the Jags, right? Uh I think he plays for the Wait, does he play for the Jags? Oh, he plays for the Jags. Never mind. But they got Brian Burns. They have uh Shaquille. Oh, what's his name? Panthers depth chart. What's his name? Shaquille. Oh my God, the linebacker! Uh, I gotta look at the depth chart here. Um, Shaq Thompson. There we go. I I knew it was Shaquille something, but they got Shaq Thompson, Yeter Gross, Matos, uh, Matt Ioannidis, Derek Brown. Like I said, Brian Burns already. They have some decent players. JC Horn, who I liked last year in last year's draft. So it will be very interesting to see what the Patriots offense will look like against a a fairly good team I like I said they're not the best defense they're not the worst and I'll be very interested to see how many series the Patriots offense gets uh the number ones at least I'm hoping they get like a half like a full two quarters because I want to see hopefully them get the ball with a two-minute drill and just really work on marching the ball down the field with the clock in, uh against you, timeouts possibly against you, and not just kind of made up one in the you know the end of the first quarter or the beginning of the second quarter where it's like, all right, hey yo, we're gonna run the two minute drill, you know, march the push the ball. When that clock is clicking down or ticking down from 30 to 29 to 28, you know that you'll feel the pressure, and yeah, you'll kind of have the pseudo pressure if it's like you know 14:31, 14:30. 1430, Hey, 30 seconds left, 14-29. It's just, it doesn't make, it's not the same. So, a ton of different things to look forward to in this game for the Patriots. Obviously, we want to see the defense continue to excel and perform well. We want to see the offense do something, correct? And, of course, the coaching. How is the coaching going to look with the first unit out there, with another week of game planning and preparing and obviously practicing? So, a ton of different things to look forward to. And I cannot wait to watch, I'm not going to watch all of it, but I'll definitely watch a little bit of the the preseason game for the Patriots tonight against the Carolina Panthers. But that will wrap it up for today's episode, guys. Episode number 155 in the books. And I appreciate you guys so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you can get your podcasts you can listen to Mertz Boston Sports Talk. So I appreciate you guys downloading this episode, listening to this episode, and of course, enjoying this episode. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that down below in the comment section as I'd love to read and reply to any and all comments. And also, if you're new to the channel or haven't considered, please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate the love and support that way. But like I said, that will do it, guys. Enjoy the weekend. We had a little bit of a fall week this past week with some cooler weather, and I absolutely did not like it. So it's going to feel like summer. It's going to be warm this weekend. It's going to be warm uh, next week. And like you guys know, I love my warm weather. So enjoy the weekend, enjoy the Pats game, and I will catch you guys next week for episode number 156. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.